Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over this five-part podcast series, I visit with Vin DeCiani, the president, founder, and CEO of Affiliated Monitors, and we talk about and celebrate the history of Affiliated Monitors. In our first podcast, we look at the idea which DeCiani formed, which led to the founding of Affiliated Monitors. In episode two, we discuss the early days of Affiliated Monitors. In episode three, we talk about the expanded use of independent monitoring. In episode four, we consider the marriage of independent monitoring and ethics and compliance programs. And we wrap up with episode five about Affiliated Monitors growth. It's a fascinating exploration that I know you will enjoy if you want to learn about the history of not simply monitoring, but the way regulators think about the ethics and compliance programs that we all work on. This is Tom Fox. This special five-part podcast series on the history of affiliated monitors is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode in the history of Affiliated Monitors. I'm with uh, Vin DeCiani, the founder and CEO of Affiliated Monitors, and we're celebrating the 15th anniversary of the company. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the early days of Affiliated Monitors. Uh, As you now know, Affiliated Monitors was founded in 2004. And Vin, I wanted to ask you, did you have anything as a model for independent oversight uh, when you got going in 2004? Uh, so, with, it, Tom, good to be with you again. So, the um, out of New York City, um, uh, there was a, a number of uh, um, special commissions that were created um, to address some of the um, uh, what I'll call uh, improprieties by construct contractors in building public schools in New York City, um, and they they created two commissions, and out of those commissions arose a concept called Independent Private Sector Inspector General. Uh, The acronym is IPSIG. And the model was for these IPSIGs to bring sort of accounting, um, legal, and perhaps engineering skills into the oversight of construction uh, contractors who were about to lose a contract because of some type of violation of the terms of the contract. Uh, it might have been an accounting issue. It might have been uh, there are too many delays in the construction. And so the IPSIG model was used to provide oversight for these contractors so that the building could get built. 
right? And so the 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 model, this IPSIG model, was something that had started in New York City, um, probably five, six, seven years before Affiliated was started. Um, and it's a it's a different um, a, a sort of approach to monitoring than we use, but it was um, uh, sort of at least something for me to consider when I was thinking about, you know, creating affiliated. So the IPSIG model is much more intrusive than the type of episodic um, monitoring that we do. So the IPSIGs are very deep in the company. So they'll go in and sort of run the accounting or be testing the accounting, testing what the, you know, engineering is looking like, looking at all the legal obligations. So so teams of people um, on the IPSIG team would go in and, and work with the contractor. So, as I said, it can be very intrusive because it could be throughout the life of the contract. Um, so that's the model that was created in, in New York. Again, we created a different approach to monitoring, but that was at least something for me to look at, um, you know, as a, uh, you know, some, some place where independent monitoring had started. Then in our uh, first episode around the idea, which led to the formation of affiliated monitors, you touched on <coughs> your discussions with the regulatory agencies, but I wanted in this episode to really dive into that a little more deeply and ask, what did you see from regulators around monitorships and how how did you actually approach them and have these conversations which led them to uh, sort of embrace this idea you presented? Um, Again, it took a lot of time. So it's clear that, you know, they weren't ready to just uh, you know, accept independent monitoring and, you know, send all cases, you know, to affiliated monitors. So we had to uh, get them to at least understand the notion of independent monitoring first, right? So it was more conceptual for them because they had, most of them had never used a monitor before and were sort of set in their ways of uh, meeting out sanctions. You know, so if, uh, if, if a business did this, it would get that sanction. If a business did that, it would get this sanction. So, so to, you had to change minds, if you will, in terms of here's approaches that might be a little bit different, right? The other thing that agencies were seeing, and again, there's maybe two or three things that, you know, were going on at the same time, um, a lot of cutbacks, you know, to staff. You know, so staff at, at regulatory agencies um, – uh, would sometimes um, be both investigators of new matters and then on the enforcement side uh, being, you know, make sure that a doc is doing what they're supposed to do um, if that was the approach that was taken. But there were cutbacks. And so where things sort of suffered for some agencies was they didn't have the staff to do anything on the enforcement side. So that was the second, you know, consideration. And then the third was um, and it's still a consideration for a lot of agencies. Um, you know, sometimes you don't have a number of providers or companies that provide a particular service or business. And so you don't necessarily want to put everybody out of business because then you are, you know, you're lacking in uh, companies to bid on projects or, you know, doctors to provide a particular service in a particular geographic location. So, you know, boards were sort of confronted with those sort of um, problems. So we came along at a time when this was a new notion. And, you know, once they got their hands around it and, you know, they tried it once and then they said, this is really a good idea. You know, that's how we sort of had to, um, you know, that's sort of the humble beginnings 
of talking with uh, regulators um, was was just conceptual at first and then moving forward to actual you know implementation. And I certainly uh, understand how companies could see this to be their uh, in their interest to have this type of program going forward. But the um, as uh, my attorney brethren are sometimes loath to move to new ideas. How were you able to educate? your attorney colleagues on the benefits of independent monitoring? They were in the same boat that I was in, right, with the regulatory agencies. And that is a suspension or revocation of a license is, in a lot of ways, a death sentence. You know, if you're, if you're without a license for five years or your, your credentials are gone and you can't reapply for five years, you know, you're going to work at a, at a retail store. You know, you're not going to be able to provide the professional services or you know the, the contractual services that you had been because you you had a business, if you will. So for defense attorneys like myself, this was an idea that gave them uh, something to negotiate with for their client um, before the regulatory agencies. Um, and so that's the um, one of the sort of benefits, if you will, for defense attorneys is they now had something that they could use. Um, to leverage um, with regulatory agencies, as, as opposed to just being confronted with your, your client's going to be suspended for five years. Right now, they could say, "Well, how about this remedial approach?" And we'll, you know, we'll we'll agree to it, and you know, he'll pay the cost, or the company will pay the cost, and we will become a better company. So it's again socializing the idea with them first, but them realizing there's a great benefit. To what independent monetary brings to their clients, you know, and I've had, you know, we have had so many um, over the years, so many attorneys that are sort of like repeat customers. They see the benefits, and you know, we've helped their clients. So again, notionally, it was getting them there, uh, but it was almost an easier sell, if you will, to attorneys than it was to boards. Because for attorneys, they didn't have any uh, that, that many alternatives. Then why is Peer review so important to affiliated monitors. So peer review, um, oftentimes, and I'm thinking peer review in a number of different settings, right? So peer review in a hospital setting could be one of the areas, and it was one of the things that we did early on. Um, you know, when we started, we really focused on healthcare because that was sort of the background, and, and some of our first employees were in healthcare. And so peer review at a hospital setting, for example. Um, you could be um, a, 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 the peer review committee or credentialing committee in a hospital could be faced with a doc who um, might have some behavioral issues. Um, and so they didn't have a lot of alternatives. I mean, you know, when the staff doesn't want to work with a doctor, you know, all of the nurses are saying, I can't work with this guy. Um, and they may have to leave their position. And it's the only place that they're credentialed in. It's, it's sort of very similar to that model of you know, independent monitoring for regulatory agencies. So we work with a number, and we still do work with a number of peer review committees um, with docs um, who are having issues behaviorally. But peer review, Tom, can exist in a lot of different set settings as well. You know, sometimes you think of boards as being, uh, you know, like uh, corporate boards as being sort of a peer-to-peer, uh, -peer, you know, group. And, you know, sometimes you have to take regulatory action against people. Uh, you know, on the board or disciplinary action, rather, against um, um, people on a board. So peer review, it's, it's, it really is, if you will, another avenue 
for using independent monitoring. Then uh, you've uh, kind of touched on some of the pushback or at least questions that were put forward to you in uh, your, around your idea in the early days. But I wanted to ask you directly, was there pushback and uh, could you detail it and how you persevered through that pushback? The pushback we had from regulators was, as I was saying, we've never used it before. I don't know you. Um, you know, do you really, can you really deliver on what you're saying? Right? All of those things. Is it real? Um, the other thing on uh, pushback on the regulatory side that we see occasionally, we saw then and we see occasionally now, is sometimes um, the regulatory agency um, wants to discipline somebody. They want to, um, if you will, uh, either take them out of business or put them on the bench for a period of time, and they don't have a mechanism for getting them there. And so they'll, they'll use, um, they were using independent monitoring, um, and some agencies sort of do that as investigators, you know, using the monitor as the investigator to find the final, you know, act that could take out a, um, a, a, a business or a practice. Um, and, and that really bothers me, and it always did bother me, because that's not what an independent monitor is supposed to be, right? And so, the, you know, the pushback for us is we're not your investigator. We're a monitor. You know, you've made the decision to let the business continue. Let the business continue, and let's fix it, as opposed to, you know, the, the uh, agency saying to us, go find us evidence, you know, so we can nail this guy. Um, and that's, that was something that was sort of bothersome. On the other side of the fence, with the attorneys and the businesses, the pushback has been, and, and you know, this is sort of pretty well known, um, the fact that the cost of the monitoring is borne by the business, right? And so, you know, you have some monitors who, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice, you know, income for them. Um, and so the cost of the monitoring uh, sometimes it can be a consideration, you know, that somebody's not going to say, I, I, somebody's going to say, I don't want to monitor because it's too expensive. The other thing about it, and again, it's the pushback that we saw then and we see it now, is transparency, right? So the monitor coming in, you have to, you know, open the kimono, you have to, you know, let us look at documents and talk to people that you don't necessarily want us to talk to, but, you know, the monitor has that kind of leeway under, a, you know, a well-structured um, settlement agreement or a CIA, or a DPA. So, you know, the pushback comes from, you know, that sort of that transparency that's required for the monitor. Um, those things still exist, but I think we have better answers, right, to both sides when we, when we hear that or, or get that sense of pushback. Ben, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with Ben DeCiani, the founder and CEO of Affiliated Monitors on the early days of Affiliated Monitors. I hope you will join us again tomorrow for uh, the next episode where we talk about the expanding use of the independent monitor. Ben, as always, thank you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. I very much appreciate it, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. If you'd like more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. I hope you will join me again tomorrow for our next episode in this fascinating and celebratory five-part podcast series on the 15 years of Affiliated Monitors, which details the history of not only independent monitoring, but ethics and compliance programs. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. 
this podcast series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.